Coming up on Chasing the Natty, this is it. It's week 12, it's playoff time, and it's all about winning out from here. We have an important and awesome set of sit-start discussions for you, and of course, we'll be discussing this week's high-scoring matchups to take advantage of. All this and more, coming right after this. Zappi looking to Jared Stearns who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in, everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing Daddy podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful ride to your work on this Wednesday morning. It's playoff time. Again, congratulations to all of you who've made it this far. Those of you who made it through your first round of playoffs, great job to you. The pressure is starting to build. A lot of you are out here. I didn't think you'd make it this far. Some of you are very certain that you would make it this far. Congratulations to all of you guys. Uh, And so, yeah. A little bit shorter of a show today, just letting you guys know. Again, we're a little bit on a time crunch here today. So we're not going to do any previewing of just some of the more just college football games and everything like that. Not a whole lot on the slate anyway. Um, But we're going to get straight into the sit starts and then we'll get to the high scoring games for you guys to take advantage of. And of course, as always, to help me out, it is Mr. Chris Moxley. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Sorry, I didn't realize I was muted. I'm I'm good. I uh you know, I got a couple teams that are still still remaining. I uh <laughs> I'm not a, as prolific as I think some people are in their leagues, but you know, I got a, a couple teams that was eliminated in, in a few matchups, but you know, I'm still I'm still trucking. You know, we're 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 here. We're we're here for the the best of the best right now, right? Absolutely. Best of the best. Those teams that y'all just crush the regular season and are hopefully gonna crush this week see i'm i'm in i i got a good mix of both types of teams to make the playoff of course i have plenty of, I, I have a couple of leagues where i didn't make the playoff two of which i was in the top four in terms of total season scoring and just couldn't win the matchups when i needed to which sucked but i have one or two leagues where like i was on the outside looking in and i just won enough games in a row to finish the season to make it into the top four and then i have a few leagues where i absolutely crushed it the entire season and now i'm in the playoffs and one of those leagues I'm probably about to lose here because of uh, uh, Toledo absolutely crapping the bed against uh, Bowling Green right now. Hopefully they can turn that around. Um, yeah, so pretty much, like I said earlier, we're going to pretty much get right into these sit-start discussions and everything. Um, we got a great, great set of them here today. I had a hard time kind of trying to figure out who to put where. Um which questions to ask tonight and everything. I think we got some pretty pretty legit debate to go on for here tonight. But first, before we get into that, let me give you guys my spiel real quick. Let's get this out of the way real quick. 
If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. All of those things help us out to get in front of more people who will enjoy content like this. It's free, it's easy. Love talking to you guys down in the comment section. Make sure you do all those things. Same thing over on the podcast side of things. Make sure you are following us wherever you are listening and make sure you leave a five-star review if you can on the platform that you are listening to. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and write down a quick little five-star review. Love reading those over there. We're part of the camp- We're part of the CFF team here at Campus of Canton. It is myself, Chris Moxley, right there above me, Brandon Sanders, and Nate Marquise, as well as our DFS crew and Ethan Sowers and Chris K. All of us bringing you awesome content, podcasts, articles, weekly CFF rankings. Go check those out. Chris Moxley has worked very, very hard on those. And we have more to come this offseason. Already starting to work on some stuff for you guys. You guys are going to absolutely love it. As well as that, make sure you go check out the rest of our content over on campuscanton.com. If there's not anything on there that you that you like, I will be shocked. All right, Mox, let's get right into these sit-start discussions, and let's go. Let's get to the quarterbacks first. Got a three-way to start here. I think pretty much every question we have tonight is a three-way except for two. So we got a lot to discuss here. We'll get through these as relatively quickly as we can. First up here, this one comes to us from Mr. Aaron Wilcox on Twitter. He is asking Sam Hartman, who is going up against Syracuse, or we could go with Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, going up against Austin P this week, or we could go with Colin Schley, quarterback out of Kent State, going up against Eastern Michigan. Mox, start us off. Where are your initial thoughts on this matchup? So the thing that I worry about here is that Bryce Young basically only plays the first half. Yep. Um, I think he's still a little bit banged up, which makes me a little little concerned, right? Uh, they might just want to rest him. The thing that concerns me with Hartman is not his recent play as, as much, more that I don't know what this offense looks like because they don't – they honestly seem like they've kind of quit. It's just a really weird situation in, mm-hmm. in Wake Forest. And I don't think Syracuse back end is that good. You know, they lost uh, corner Garrett Williams for the year, I think with an ACL tear. And, and so there's, there's questions on that back end, but I think I'll go with Schley because I think a, this is the best matchup and B, I think this is probably the highest scoring game on the slate. And, and so I think there's more opportunity for you back and forth. And I think Schley has not been, I think what we expected to an extent, but I do think this is a week where you can start him and feel pretty comfortable doing so. I think Schley disappointing this year is the fact that he got so banged up in those first four games. It seemed like he was good to go. seemed like he survived to Maction, and it was like the first couple games in Maction were the straw that broke the camel's back. He was out for a week, came back, did not look good in the game against um, Ball State. Only scored 14 fantasy points in that game. Only a 61% completion rate. Not only scored a touchdown in that game, not great. Comes back against Bowling Green, puts up 28 fantasy points. Definitely a lot better. I think definitely you are looking at him kind of getting better. And Mox, you and I were kind of talking before the show. Bowling Green is a little bit of an underrated defense for the Mac. They're currently putting Toledo in their place right now. So the fact that Colin Schley was able to put four touchdowns up on his own against them definitely tells us that you know, he can punch above his weight a little bit now that he is getting a little bit healthier. 
I'd be a little bit worried about Eastern Michigan, but we're going to talk about that game a little bit later. It is a very high, expected to be a very high-scoring matchup, and Colin Schley will be a very big part of that. I definitely like the call there. Bryce Young, I feel like we definitely are a little worried about how limited he'll be against Austin P. Um, they're not really playing for the playoffs afterwards, obviously, so it's not like they're trying to bubble wrap him and just take him out of the game. They're going to need him later kind of deal. But I wouldn't be super shocked if he ended up just having a very quiet day. Sam Hartman, to me, is the, is the closer one between him and Colin Schley because at least both of these guys, you get the full four quarters with them. I think I'm still going to go with Schley just because of how much they would let him use his legs. Um, but especially around the goal line, Hartman hasn't quite been getting those rushing touchdowns like he was getting last year. And with how banged up he, or with his injuries and everything, I don't think they're willing to risk that. He's about to go off to the NFL. No reason to look at that. I think I'm with you. I'm going to go College Lee here. Next up, we got another three-way quarterback battle. And this one includes what I think is a dilemma that a lot of people are facing in CFF playoffs this week. C2C playoffs as well. First, we got Austin Reed, who is going up against Auburn this week. Or we could go with Max Duggan who is going up against Baylor, or we could go with John Rice Plumley, quarterback out of UCF, who is going up against Navy. This comes to us from Jack C. Before we answer the question about which guy we would start here, Mox, what are you doing with Austin Reed in the leagues that you have him in? Because is like, I've looked it which up. Is, which is none, because I draft a lot of Jared Dokey this offseason. Um, okay, <laughs> pretend you have him on your roster. Um, Auburn's only a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I was kind of shocked by that. I thought that the difference in talent level would be enough to where this is still like a double-digit point spread. Auburn is expected to win this game pretty handedly. But according to Vegas, they expect a fight here. So is that enough for you to... Ex- like think that Reed would be a relatively startable option this week? No, not in this. Not um, in a vacuum, probably not. I I just I hate seeing a conference USA team go against an SEC team. Like I understand Auburn, but that scares the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I really would not want to start Austin Reed if I could avoid it. I'll be real. I, um, I would take Auburn and. Minus five and a half. Like again, I, I there are just some I, games where I, I, agree. I, I Actually, think the number's pretty short. I, I would say I think at some point talent just kind of overtakes, and especially if Auburn is playing at a higher level with Cadillac Williams as their head coach, right as their interim coach right now, they're gonna want out. They're gonna want to go out there. They're gonna want to have a game where they put things all together. And a soft little CU, CUSA team seems like the perfect candidate for them. Because they got Bama next week, so it's not like they can go out and do that against Bama, which would be crazy if they did. But yeah, I'm a little worried about Austin Reed. And then coming back to this three-way right here, I think we both agree. Max Duggan and John Rice Plumley, good enough startable options that if this is if Reed is your third man out here, I don't think you're feeling too bad. Um, I'm a little worried about TCU this week. And again, I go, I'm go. i going down Narrative Street, which I shouldn't. But Baylor-TCU is an underrated rivalry in the Big 12. Those are two schools that are very similar to each other in terms of their outlook, um, their philosophies. 
and they do not like each other very, very much. In fact, there's a lot of the jokes out there of they hate each other so much because they're so alike. You got Purple Baylor and Green TCU is what some people will call the other schools. I really think Baylor has every incentive to try to ruin TCU's season this week. And Baylor has had a pretty some pretty decent defensive performances throughout the season. And I think that, once again, TCU has escaped a lot of bad teams this year. And I think Baylor could be the team that come where the bill comes due. But does that leave me with John Rice Plumley over here going up against Navy, a triple option team? UCF's defense is pretty good. I think they can hold a triple option defense uh, to make it to where they're not stealing away as much time of possession. And Navy has not done very well against quarterbacks this year. I think I'm going to lean John Rice Plumley here. Hope that he has a pretty big day. He was able to do a lot against uh, Tulane's defense, which was putting up some pretty good performances before that game. I think I'll lean, I'm going to lean JRP here. But again, if you don't go down narrative street, I think Max Duggan has a very legitimate argument here as well. What do you think, Box? So I don't like the Baylor secondary, and I actually think we've talked about it quite a few times on the show, too, uh, mm-hmm. about how like all the NFL talent they've lost, and it has simply not been replaced. Now we're in week 13, 12? 12. Yeah, we're in week 12, and it's obviously clear they didn't have people to or players to yeah step up um and replace the lost talent i would play max duggan here and i I, but i i mean both john reese palmy and max duggan i think are really good options this week Mm -hmm. so i I don't think you can go necessarily wrong with either guy i just i think the last two weeks that we've seen out of max duggan are more of a mirage than than the truth right i think i think texas i i thought texas was the better team than tcu and i i (laughs) At the time, I maintained that uh, their defense played, honestly, Great. awesome football. They didn't need to do anything against Texas Tech. That Texas Tech score where they only won by 10, like that was kind of not really indicative of how much they, that TCU dominated that game. And then that was Virginia game, which was three weeks ago. I mean, I thought you got a really nice performance out of yeah. Duggan. That's probably a lot closer to what you're going to see this weekend. So I, I would play him. I just think the floor for – Plumlee's pretty scary, despite the Navy's a really bad defense. No, not yet. But they I, know how they know how to stop the the quarterback rushing. Like I, I know it's not a triple option per se, which which obviously I don't want to categorize categorize UCF in that in that light. But I feel like they could contain the quarterback better than like most teams can, even if it's not an option. No, and I think that's absolutely fair. I don't expect. Um, I don't expect. John Rice Pumley to run for almost 200 yards against Navy this weekend, which is part of the reason why he was so successful last week against Tulane. Um, and actually, you're kind of talking me into Max Duggan here again. Throw narrative out, na- narrative out of the way. Like you said, Baylor secondary a little suspect here. Max Duggan, we've seen him perform well. The only thing is, like, there are rumors that he is pretty banged up. He's hurt right now, so that's part of the reason why he's not performing as well as he has the last two weeks. Uh, but like you said, there's other reasons for that. And then UCF. Plumley having a huge day rests on the idea that um, that Navy is, or that UCF's defense is able to stop the triple option and to keep Plumley out on the field. If that doesn't happen, 
and Navy steals possessions from UCF off the clock, that instantly hampers Plumlee's season. As I'm kind of talking about this, I'm moving over to Duggan with you. So, Jack, yeah. I'm going to go Duggan. There's a lot of risk on the Plumlee side. There's a lot of risk always with the Plumlee side. Yeah, that's just that's just who he is. And he's not as good as Mikey Keene, just throwing that out there. <laughs> Gus Mazan apparently this disagrees. Is, this is a huge debate this offseason, by the way, between me, you, and, and Nate Marquise. Uh, I feel like I I I won this. Um, you won this from the eye Keeney, test. From the eye test. So just throwing we, that out there. We won from the fact that Plumlee started the entire season. Yes. And has had a very good league season. winning weeks. Yes. All right. Either go, way. Let's go over to the running backs here. And we had two running backs here. Two guys. They're going up against some weaker competition this week. Again, SEC Cupcake Week. Gotta love it. Uh, right there in the middle of the CFF playoffs. Isn't that just great? Um, first, we got Jace McClellan running back out of Alabama going up against Austin P this week. Or we could go with Tank Bigsby running back out of Auburn going up against Western Kentucky. Obviously, this massively is contingent on the fact that Jameer Gibbs probably does not play against Austin P. Seems like that even if he could play, they're going to just hold him out. They got the Iron Bowl. They got a bowl, they got a big bowl game waiting for them when, wherever they go. Because let's be real, even if Alabama somehow lost the Iron Bowl, they're gonna make a bit. They're gonna make a pretty big bowl game because who doesn't want to have Alabama in their in their bowl game? Um, so you got Jim, so you got Jace McClellan, who you would assume would be the top choice to be the between the tackles main running back for Alabama. He's been the RB two behind Jameer Gibbs pretty much the entire year. And then last week when he went, when Jameer Gibbs went down, you saw Jace McClellan get about 19 carries for 84 yards. Granted, a lot of that came from Alabama just trying to salt the clock in the second half against Ole Miss, doing some death marches down the field. Uh, and they couldn't stop Jace McClellan. Now, I don't expect Austin P to stop him either. So the, really the question becomes, do we trust Jace McClellan to produce more fantasy points in two halves against Austin P? than we do for Tank Bigsby against Western Kentucky for four quarters. Because I think we both assume it's more likely that Auburn goes to... I, I Maybe, is it fair for me to say three quarters of Tank Bigsby? Because I feel like by like three quarters, Auburn probably has that game in hand. Even with how, even with how close Vegas thinks that game will be. Where are you thinking, Box? You're muted. Thank you. Um... Yeah, it's a big mute session for me tonight. This is such a tough question because I'm I'm here just sighing because I don't know which way to go on this. So Bigsby's seen a, a pretty good percentage of the workload at Auburn. I don't think Western Kentucky's yes. rushing defense is anything to write home about. Obviously, Austin P is not very good, but I it's so hard to project in my opinion, the Alabama backfield. And I, I know that McClellan got so much work last week, but. This is an opportunity for them to get younger guys some run. Yeah, I I would go Bigsby personally. I think I would roll with Bigsby as well because there's just, like you know Auburn. Again, if they're, if they're going to 
lay the hammer down on Western Kentucky. If they're going to do that, Bigsby's going to be a huge part of that. He is most of that offense. And Western Kentucky has a pretty deep... Again, I have underrated Western Kentucky's defense. I have not given them enough credit. I still think an SEC, SEC or a offense with SEC talent like Bigsby is still going to be probably find the end zone many, many times in a game against them. And I think Bigsby's going to be a huge part of that. He's going to be playing longer than Jace McClellan. I think, like Mox said, it's a little hard to project how much percentage of the workload Jace McClellan will be getting versus some of the other running backs on Bama's roster, especially against Austin P. He'll be done easily by the second half. I think I'm going to roll with Bigsby here. Uh, Mr. Luke Probosco, who I did not give credit for this question at the beginning so my hey. apologies luke luke what's up man uh real big, qu- big supporter of ctc oh huge supporter real quick mox this is a one ppr league does that change your opinion at all or no no yeah again these these guys are both receiving back tank has tank has more targets than mcclellan does well tank is also the starting running back for most of the season that's true but his last his last three games he's had 12 targets that's true so I don't think we're going to see the same value from the club. Wow. Cadillac Williams. So finally, the Auburn coach that realizes that Tank Bigsby is a pretty damn good receiving back. Yeah. Shout out Cadillac Williams. Yeah, exactly. Auburn, you should hire him. All right. Moving on to the next running back question. This is a three-way one here. And to me, this is three good options going up against three great matchups. This one comes to us from John Ludovina. He's got Nakia Watson going up against Arizona or... We got Aiden Robbins going up against Hawaii or Braylon Allen going up against Nebraska. Like I said, three stud running backs, three great matchups. All three of these defenses have been giving up a ton in the rushing department. I feel like the easy answer is just go with Braylon Allen. I believe he is the highest scoring. um, I believe he is the highest scoring player. running back out of this group uh, on the season. But Nikia Watson's been on quite a roll. And we saw with Zach Charbonnet last week that Arizona has been giving up a ton to RB1s that they have been facing recently. The mocks, where do you start with this one? Yeah, this is, this is a pretty tough one. Um, I think you go Braylon Allen as well. Uh, you know, I don't think this Nebraska defense is any good. No. Uh, uh, I don't trust... I know he's had two really good back-to-back weeks, but I still don't trust Nikia Watson to the same level that maybe I need need to. I, I don't know. I just don't... I just think he's very good, and I, I just worry. Even though it's Arizona, I just think the floor could come I would say, pretty I think, quick. I would say I would be a lot more worried if he had had a dusty performance since he came back from his injury pretty much ever since they let him back on yeah. the field he's been killing it and again it's arizona they've been like i said they've been giving up a ton to like the lead running backs that they've been facing recently uh the, i like the volume that nikia watson has been getting recently 16 carries in his first game back 20 carries in the very next game a couple of receptions to boot i think he is probably the number two option here if i was like if you're setting like your Auto subs afterwards. I think Nikia Watson be your number two. Aiden Robbins, I think he has a lot of volume. I think he has a good matchup here. Only thing is, and again, maybe a little bit narrative street here, but again, he is, I believe, going 
on the road, and by on the road, I mean on the plane over to Hawaii. We have seen just some weird stuff happen when teams have to travel all the way out to Hawaii and they get some jet lag along the way. Again, is it a weak argument? Yes, but again, you got three good running backs with three great matchups here, so you got to come up with some things to kind of differentiate ones from the other. So I'm still going Allen, Watson, Robbins. Mox, do you have any argument against Robbins? Because you kind of seem to agree that he might be the third man out here. No, I I, I don't. I I think that he would be the last guy I pick. I, I, I'll go with Braylon, uh, but I understand the argument for Nikki Watson, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I just... He's been really impressive, and I'm not going to – I don't want to discount what he's done. I just think it's come against some really bad defenses. Not that Arizona is a good defense. I just – I worry about the floor there is is my bo- the bottom line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so suddenly the air raid system we've been expecting out of Washington State just comes to full fruition for some reason. Well, I don't want a trash player on here, but it, when Cameron Ward learns how to throw deep, maybe we'll have a solution. Maybe, maybe. Alrighty, we got three running back questions here because again, y'all did a great job giving me running back questions. And I figured it was good enough to throw on a third one here. This one comes to us from Michael Corey. Uh, first running back we got here is Xavier Valade versus Oregon State. Or we could go Chris Rodriguez going up against Georgia this week. Or we could go Samson Evans running back out of Eastern Michigan going up against Kent State. Throw Chris Rodriguez in the trash on this one. He is not to be trusted here. Uh, I'll give you his amazing, I mean amazing, stat line from last year. You guys ready for this? Against UGA last year, Chris Rodriguez had seven carries for seven yards. He then had four catches for for 10 yards. So all, all in all, he had 11 touches for 17 yards last year against Georgia, yes, Georgia's defense is not as good as they were last year, so you can probably expect a little bit better of a performance, but again, how much are you really wanting to count on that? Oh, and by the way, this same Georgia defense held take Bigsby to 10 carries on, or 19 yards on 10 carries earlier this year in Athens. So I would throw Chris Rodriguez out the, out the window here, and let's go over to two studded running backs over here with great matchups. Xavier Valade, like I said, going up against Oregon State. Oregon State's got a pretty good rushing defense, so I'm a little bit worried about that. But however, again, they've just been feeding, feeding, feeding Xavier Valade a ton when it comes to the workload he has been getting recently. Last couple of weeks, he has reached over 20 carries in every single one. Two, and he's had 16 receptions over the last two weeks. Again, just love to love to see the workload that he has been getting recently. The big thing with Samson Evans, I love the workload he's been getting recently. 24 carries in each of his last two games, uh, a couple of targets, a couple of receptions as well. My thing is with him is that Eastern Michigan is not afraid to abandon Samson Evans if they fall behind. They are not afraid to immediately just go full on passing and Kent State, while they have a terrible rushing defense, which I would hope Eastern Michigan is able to take advantage of early on in this game. If they fall behind because Kent State's offense is just a little too powerful, I'm a little worried about what Samson Evans could, Samson Evans's role could easily turn into in that mode. So I think I'm still going to roll with Valade out of this group. If you need two of them, Valade and Evans don't even consider Rodriguez. What do you think, Fox? 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I've been back and forth uh, uh, on these two as you were talking. I honestly don't feel like I have a good read on who I want to play. I think Oregon State's rushing defense is substantially better than Kent State's, of course. Like ones in the back, and then you know ones in the back. Of course. Row. But I, I'm, I'm pretty interested in the role that Valade has in the receiving game, which makes me uh, move towards him in, yeah. in this one. I'm not is like the rushing, the rushing defense doesn't play as big of a role when you're you're a guy who's going to get like five to probably eight targets a game exactly in, in the passing game. Yeah. That's why I'm not worried about it. Meanwhile, Samson Evans over the last three games, only two receptions, only 11 yards out of those receptions. Clearly not like a huge receiving back. I mean, just look at him. He is not like, like he is the guy, clearly the guy they throw between the tackles and they move away from as soon as they fall behind and he to pass a whole lot more. That's what I'm a little bit worried about. But again, as we've seen with Maction, this is expected to be a pretty close game. So as long as it's a close game, seven, Samson Evans will be a huge, huge part of that. And it's, he should have a really good day as well. It's like seven and a half right now, right? Like yeah. that's a concerning, that's a concerning line for him, in my opinion. If we think if he's going to get game scripted out when they're down, then that's a problem, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. So I, I, yeah, that just gives fuel with fire for the validate call. Yep. All right, let's go to wide receivers here. We got a three-way one here from Mister Tiger Bob. And he is asking between, I would say, three kind of mid-tier wide receivers here for CFF. Uh, we got Corey Gamage, the wide receiver out of Marshall. He's going up against uh, Georgia Southern. Or we could go with Isaiah Williams, wide receiver out of Illinois, going up against Michigan. Or we could go with Jake Bobo, wide receiver out of UCLA, going up against USC. Mox, I'll let you go first. I'll just go ahead and say here, though, I think Isaiah Williams is easily the odd man out here. Uh, rough last couple of weeks. Not a great um, not a great matchup against Michigan's defense. I expect Illinois to relatively struggle to score in this game. He's the odd man out. Mox, what are your thoughts? How would you rank these three? So I agree with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play Isaiah Williams this week. So Georgia Southern's defense is really bad. Really bad. Like, like really, really bad. But it, they're really, really bad against the run more than they are against the pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, their rushing defense is, uh, if it's not the worst in the country, at least bottom five. Uh, it, so it's not it's not a good unit. They just don't have the depth there. They just don't have the experience there, to be honest. But so I, I, I think Gamage is an interesting play. Because I think he'll get the volume, and I think that will be a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. However, I think I would start Jake Bobo despite being under ten fantasy points in three straight weeks. Uh, little spoiler alert: I already named him one of my starts in our tailgate show on Saturday. I think that this is this is <laughs> this is the time where you need to I I think start him. He had ten targets last week, and he had a target in the end zone that DTR straight up missed him on. Mm-hmm. give him 15 more yards and a touchdown i think that we're looking at this conversation a little bit differently and so i i, I am gonna play bobo uh, i i just think that it's a good matchup against usc this that total opened like 82 and a half i mean it's still 77 and a half so like we expect a lot of points there i think i'm gonna roll with him i, I got it i i saw it as 75 so people clearly have been betting that down but 
Yeah, 82 is way, 82 is way <laughs> say 80. Last, last time I think it was 82 was um, Ole Miss, Tennessee last year. Remember that game? And then it ended game. in like the 20s and 30s. Yeah, I, 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 they did the same thing in Alabama, too. And so we, there was a lot of profit on the old Sunders last year. Absolutely. Um, where would I go with this one? Corey Gamage. I think we're in for a... I think we're in for a big Kalen LeBourne day. I think Corey Gamage is a lot better whenever Marshall is playing from behind. And quite frankly, I think that Marshall is the better team out of these two. I think they'll be able to control the game a little bit more. They're going to rely on Kalen LeBourne a lot more. I'm going to hold off on him. And I'm going to go with the guy who's playing in that extremely high, expected to be high scoring matchup between UCLA and USC. And hope he finds the end zone at least one, one or two times. Give me Bobo in this matchup, Mr. Tiger Bob. Next wide receiver question here, another three-way one. Again, I told you, you guys have been killing me on these three-ways. Um, made making graphics tonight a ton of fun. Um, three stud wide receivers here, in my opinion, that have really kind of broken out as the season's kind of gone along here. Zakari Franklin, wide receiver to UTSA, going up against Rice. Or we could go with Rome Adunze, wide receiver out of Washington. He's going up against Colorado this week. Or we could go with Tyler Scott. Wide receiver out of Cincinnati going up against Temple. This comes to us from A. Wood Sports. Thank you, sir, for the question. Mox, we got three We got three studs here. Three guys that have been killing it relatively recently. Great volume all around for the most part, except for Zakari Franklin. For some reason, only getting three targets last week against Louisiana Tech. Could not explain that to you for the life of me. I don't expect it to happen again this week. It was a it was a blowout very early, and they basically stopped passing for what's worth. Okay, yeah, so, I had a chance to watch that watch that game, and he just couldn't. He just was unlucky and couldn't find the end zone because Joshua Cephas found the end zone at least once, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. So where do we go with this one, Box? Because I think it's hard to see where you go wrong out of these three. No, it, it absolutely is. I, I think these are all three really good options. Uh, they play bottom 15, 20 passing defenses. So I, I don't think that you're going to be concerned. I think Tyler Scott has the most consistent volume and role. Mm -hmm. He's been really good the last couple of weeks, and I don't expect that to change. He's the He is consistently the first read for Ben Bryan on the Cincinnati team. So, Agreed. So I, I, yeah, in this Temple defense... Uh, especially against the pass isn't super great. I, I they're a little bit better in the front seven than they are in, in the secondary. And they, that game actually might be a little bit competitive too. Uh, Cause I, I kind of like what I've seen from EJ Warner, uh, Kurt Warner's son at, at quarterback for the owls. But so I, I, he, he's definitely a consideration. I love Roma Dunes. I mean, he still has 28 targets in his last three weeks. Like this is not a guy who's, who's seeing lack of volume. He's just kind of getting a little unlucky. Yeah, and against Colorado this week, we know I know everything about Colorado. I don't think I would play Zakari Franklin. The the reason I'm concerned a little bit about Zakari Franklin is because I feel like Cease is kind of taking a little bit of a bigger role than him, and I I it feels weird to say because I'm not actually sure he's that much better. I I actually think he might be better for like the NFL perspective, but Franklin has been like the guy for UTSA. So uh, this is just a really hard question. I feel like, but it gun gun to my head. I think I would prefer Tyler Scott. Yeah, I think I'm gonna put the same order here for you as well. Again, clearly Tyler Scott 
has been getting he since he's returned from injury has gotten a touchdown in each of his games except for the first one he came back on clearly somebody that is a big play threat so is a say so is franklin as well again all three of these guys have the that big play ability franklin would be my odd man out of these three pretty much the same reasons you said mox not i don't think cephas is taking over but there's the possibility that any given week franklin is the wide receiver two rather than the wide receiver one option i think it's very clear that odunze and scott are the wide receiver one options week in a week out and i think i will roll with tyler scott because i don't want to rely on odunze right now because clearly we're not seeing him get a ton of looks when they get down near the red zone versus tyler scott absolutely is so I think I will roll with Scott of this bunch. Yeah, that's that's where I lie. Same same reasoning. I just really this is a really tough question. It's so, a good. This is a great again. Yeah, uh, really good. Great, great job, A Wood Sports. This is this is this is like I if I looked at this on my roster, I would not know what to do. No, I agree. This is this is one of those seriously good. Uh, made me really have to think questions so i appreciate those absolutely because i understand y'all are struggling with it too so i can empathize yep let's get on over to these flexes um first one comes to us from mr ovis he is asking about jalen Berger running back out of michigan state going up against indiana or we could go with cedric tillman wide receiver out of tennessee assuming he plays assuming he plays going up against south carolina or we could go with Dominic Richardson, running back out of Oklahoma State. I got a quick answer going, on this one. Going up against Oklahoma, Moxley. Ooh. Okay, you Dominic Richardson truthers stand. Everyone <laughs> who is just so obsessed with him because he gets the workload. What has the workload done the last few weeks, by the way? Texas, oh, it's been awful. 1. 1. 1. 1.8 yards per carry. 3.6 yards per carry against Kansas, and then 2.9 yards per carry against Iowa State. If you started the last two weeks, you are sitting there with 9.9 fantasy points combined, by the way. He had three touchdowns against Texas despite only rushing for 13 yards or uh, 24 yards on 13 attempts. I, once again, am right in my analysis on Dominic Richardson that he is not a guy you want to be playing. Let's let's toss him out of the equation because I don't want to play him this week, and I, I think that's the right. I I don't decision. blame. I don't blame him a lot for the Iowa I've State. I've already blamed him. No, I've no, already no, blamed him. No, no. He, again, you hear me out, Chris. Hear me out. I don't blame uh, him a lot for the Iowa State performance. A lot of good running backs have struggled against Iowa State's defense so far this year. It's still atrocious. Kansas, there's no excuse. Kansas is not a good defense. They, he's been atrocious all year. Like he's just so inefficient. It's, it's, I only listed the last three because they're the most easily accessible to to me when I'm looking uh, based on the beautiful show sheet that you've done. But I just, he's been like this all year. Yeah. Like you've relied on touchdowns. And I so think the, that that luck is, is drying up a little bit. It's dry, just drying up. I don't know. So Cedric Tillman or Jalen Berger, where are you going, Box? I think we could go Cedric Tillman. Um, I have a really tough time trusting Jalen Berger in that whole Michigan State offense. I just don't know what to think of them. And I think Indiana's a really bad team too, which makes me um a little nervous. 
which makes me a little nervous. Yeah, and at South Carolina, they stink. Like they straight up might be one of the worst teams uh, in a Power Five conference that are going to go bowling. Like I say that I'm a South Carolina fan. Like I am a South Carolina fan, and I think we're terrible. It's like yeah, <laughs> I just like the Cedric Tillman. I think could have a really big game. Like this could be his comeback party. He had eight targets last week against UGA. It's still UGA, but I thought he was actually kind of per- or not last week, two weeks ago against UGA. I, I thought I think I still think that he'd be a little bit productive. Uh, I think this might be his game where he breaks out. No, absolutely. I, I'm going to go with Tillman here as well. This is a half PPR format. I forgot to mention that at the very beginning. Um, with Tillman, if he plays, they've been pretty clear that if he plays, it's going to be 100%. They're not going to put him out there and him be limited. So I fully expect a full Cedric Tillman performance if he is out there for South Carolina. And quite frankly, South Carolina is going to let him score, unlike the mean bullies over there at Georgia that won't share their end zone too much. Um, I like the matchup for Jalen Berger. I think you, if you played him, you could probably get like anywhere from 12 to 15 points, and that's what you're looking for. But if you're looking for a higher upside there and you're wanting to try to get into the 20s, I think Cedric Tillman's your best bet out of these three. Unless you want to go Dominic Richardson and hope he gets three touchdowns again. No. No. That is not what I want to do. I If I have Dominic Richardson on my team, I would not star him. And I don't have any Dominic Richardson because he's... I actually feel bad. Like He seems like a really nice dude, and I feel like I'm bragging on him all the time. But he's a little inefficient. No, just a little bit efficient. All right, next up here, this one comes to us from Fantasy Football Goose on Twitter. And congratulations, Goose. You finally got a question on here. I feel really bad with Goose because a lot of times he'll send a question for the show like right after I've made the graphics for the show. And I can't go back and remake the graphics after he sends it. So this time he sent it just a little bit earlier so that we could get his question on here. So I'm rewarding you, Goose, for all of your hard work of trying to get a question on here. He's got a pretty good flex question here. We got Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver out of Iowa State, going up against Oklahoma State this week. Or we could go with Jaden Ott, running back out of Stanford, going or running back out of Cal, going up against Stanford this week. Or we could go Cameron Davis, running back out of Washington, going up against Colorado. Half PPR format here. My initial thought here is start Xavier Hutchinson. Dude's an absolute stud. He is getting double-digit targets every single week. 200-yard performances out of the last three games. That is not all at all uncommon for Xavier Hutchinson this year. Hunter Deckers has not been good this year, but when he is good, it is mostly because of Xavier Hutchinson performing for him on a week-in and week-out basis. But these two running backs over here, Jaden Ott, stud, Good running back, freshman running back out of Cal. He's going up against Stanford, one of the worst rushing defenses in the entire country. Or you could also go Cameron Davis here. He's going up against Colorado, who is the worst rushing defense in the country. I'm throwing Cameron Davis out here. Not enough volume, even with a great matchup, to overcome Xavier Hutchinson. I do think it is a little bit of a... um, it's not enough volume and not enough explosiveness from Cameron Davis to warrant starting him over Xavier Hutchinson. Jaden Ott has shown himself to be pretty explosive for Cal this year when he is going up against a really bad rushing defense. So I think there's still an argument that he could do well here. And with the amount of reception work that he has been getting over the last three games, 
he has seen 15 targets in three games. So the half PPR format comes in a little bit here. But I think it's still hard to sit Xavier Hutchinson. If you got Xavier Hutchinson on your roster, no reason not to sit him or no reason not to start him this week. Oklahoma State's secondary has been in shambles for a while now. He should eat plenty. I think I'm still going to go Xavier Hutchinson here. So I'm going to go Jay Knott. Um, but it's between both Hutchinson and Ott for me. Um, Oregon State was not a good matchup for this Cal team. They, I know they just fired their offensive coordinator, but I think they view him as like the key piece in this offense. He's getting a lot of targets for a running back. The reason that I'm a little bit skeptical of Hutchinson this week is that I, I think this Oklahoma defense is probably a little bit better than any of the others in this question and they can get after the quarterback and so if they can get after the quarterback i just wonder what is there for hutchinson um so that's that's my thought but i mean hutchinson is the safer play i think uh, is the upside play so depending on what you need out of this goose i that is that is my thought it has like 35 point potential and hutchinson will probably get you like 15 points so possibly or Hutchinson could have a three touchdown game like he had the first week of the season, which would be wonderful. I would love that. Um, yeah. My best ball teams could definitely use it as well. I think I'm so again, it's a playoff week. I think if Hutchinson can like as his base floor can get you 15 points, you got to start him. Like it, it sometimes in playoff weeks, you just got to go with the guy that's going to get you the points and anything else is a cherry on top. Cause I think again, Hutchinson, yeah, he probably doesn't have, he probably doesn't have, 35 point potential but i think he's got 25 to 30 point potential on a good week so and 15 points is a floor i'd love to talk about that another time like now now is not the time but i because i disagree with that that take uh about you know who who does what type of player to start but well, maybe during, that's a good during... off that's an off-season question for us maybe to yeah. talk about all righty yeah that actually would be a very good show Let's go over to our tight ends here, Mox. We got Payne Durham versus Benjamin Eurosec here. This one comes to us from Drew at CFF Heisman on Twitter. I'm going to keep this one relatively short. I'm going to go Payne Durham here. Uh, he's just been a lot more involved in the offense on a week-to-week basis. Ben Eurosec way more up and down. Now, he's had he's had some good performances the last couple of weeks. 10, rece- uh, 10 targets and 8 receptions in the game against Washington State. Problem is, it doesn't seem like there's a concerted effort to get him the ball like there is for Payne Durham in Purdue right now because Charlie Jones is still the main guy at Purdue, but they didn't have another wide receiver really step up for them. And Payne Durham has been that safety blanket for um, <clears throat> safety blanket for Aiden O'Connell throughout the year. I think going against Northwestern, I expect a little bit more scoring for Purdue than I do for Stanford going up against Cal this week. I think I'm gonna I, again I'm gonna roll with Durham here. What do you think, Box? You're the tight end expert. Yeah, literally no argument. Like this, this is an easy, easy Durham. Um, like I want to say more, but I honestly just don't have more to say. I just don't think this is a question. Yeah, Benjamin Yurosek currently just a tight end. Who's- yeah, just old guy who's been productive. Yeah, tight end twenty-two on the year. Eurosec is and Payne Durham tight end four. Yeah, let's just go with the guy that probably got you here. Let's go over to our 
Second tight end question. Got three different guys here. We got Seydou Traore, tight end out of Arkansas State, going up against Texas State this week. Or I just realized that uh, Tanner Koizel is playing tonight, so let's ignore that. Uh, sorry, uh, MDB. He's uh, not done anything tonight, by the way. So, well, he's got like one reception for five yards, I think. Uh, and then second, and last but not least, we got Brenton Strange, tight end out of Penn State, going up against Rutgers. This one's another pretty easy one for me. I think some recency bias is playing into Brenton Strange here because he had a really good week last week against Maryland. But Treori, man, he has been just so, so consistent for you on a week. When he's not getting the volume, he's getting a touchdown. When he's not getting the touchdowns, he's getting the volume. And you're still looking, you're still sitting there pretty with a anywhere from an 8 to 15 point tight end on a pretty consistent basis with Arkansas State and Treori. I think he's the easy play out of this bunch. And especially against Texas State. Yeah, why are we doubting Treori? Like, he's been nothing but money. Like, this is. This is overthinking it, in my opinion. Um, just just start the guy who's been awesome pretty much all year. Uh, not Brenton Strange, who's been, like, hit or miss and has had, like, three good games all year. Like, Traore's been there for you. Yeah, the lowest... It, it, this classic, like, don't overthink it. Arkansas State tight end, Seydou Traore is a legit dude. Just roll with him. Like, yeah, outside of, the, outside of the bye week... And week two, where, again, he was still kind of establishing himself, he has not had a fantasy point day in half PPR format under eight points. If you tell me, I, if you tell yeah. me you get a guaranteed eight points out of your tight end any given week, I will take that. Start Traore. Not a problem here whatsoever. Um, MDB, you got your answer right there. I've ranked him top five almost every single week this this year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I believe he's there again this this week. Alrighty, we gotta move. We gotta move. I just realized. Oh boy, we gotta get through these uh, starting games real quick. So we're gonna do this rapid fire style, Mox. Um, no explanation. Just let me know who you are starting in these matchups. Eastern Michigan going up against Kent State. We don't talk enough action on this show, so I figured I'd slip this one in here. Over under 61.5. Kent State favored by 5.5. Moxley, who are you starting for Eastern Michigan? I am starting probably only Samson Evans and maybe Hassan Baidun if I'm desperate. Sounds good. Tanner uh, Canoe probably, probably as well. If Again, like in a desperate spot. But I, Samson Evans is the only guy that I feel comfortable starting. Yeah. Kent State, start your studs here. Uh, start Schley, start Schlart. Good Jesus. Uh, start Cooper, start Cephas, start Walker. Schlart, Schlart Cooper, you heard it here first. Schlart Cooper. Um, double check injuries before this game and everything like that because Kent State has been really, really bad about just taking guys out because they just feel like it. Um, next up here, SMU versus Tulane. Tulane, three-point favorite here, over or under of 65. Mox. Who are you starting? Pick a team and who are you starting? Uh, on the SMU side, I, I think you start Mordecai. I, the running back situation scares me a little bit because Tulane, Tulane is pretty good defense. Um, and you start Rasheed Rice for sure. But secondary options are a little bit concerning on the, the SMU side as well because 
not only do they have a good front seven, they also have a really good secondary. Their their co- head coach or not head coach, defense coordinator Chris Hampton is a, is a former quarterback cornerback coach, and that unit's been coached up pretty good. So I don't know that there's a guy I really want to start. I I, I wonder about Kamar Wheaton because he's kind of really come on in the last couple of weeks, but I just don't know what to do with this SMU team outside of Mordecai and. And Rice, so I those are the only two I really actually feel comfortable starting. So what I'm hearing is on the betting side of things, take the uh, SMU team total of roughly, uh, probably like 28. Take the under on that. Well, if it's 28, I probably won't play it. But if it's a little bit higher than that, like if it's like 33 and a half, I would play the under. I just I don't have the math in front, yeah, in front of me, but it's something like that. Tulane side of things, Michael Pratt, pretty easy start here. SMU's defense is not good. I expect him to find plenty of work. We talked about it already earlier this week. I think Michael Pratt's a very good start this week. Uh, Tyreek James, the tight end, I think this is a pretty good week if you want to just throw a guy out there, try to take advantage of a high-scoring matchup. And then Ty J Spears, uh, running back for Tulane, should have a really, really good day. I wouldn't start any of the wide receiver options for Tulane. Just been too inconsistent up and down the board about who gets the wide, who gets the rock every week. So those are my guys. Next up here, got a lot a lot of G5 representation here tonight. Houston at East Carolina. Over under in this game is 67.5. ECU, the six-point favorite here. Mox, pick a team. Who are you starting? Uh, ECU, I think you can start Holton Allers. I think you can start Keaton Mitchell if he's healthy. I, and there's questions about that. Uh, and if he is, I think you, you play him. I think you can start both Isaiah Winstead and CJ Johnson, as well as tight end Ryan Jones. I think there's a lot of players that you want to play on the CCU side. Uh, yeah. Total is seven and a half. I mean, that's a pretty healthy number. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Pretty much all the guys you would expect off of Houston as well. Clayton Toon has quietly had a really, really good CFF year. He's currently the QB2 on the year. If I'm QB3, excuse me. He's currently the QB3 on the year. Uh, he and Nathaniel Dell have been absolutely killing it recently. So, of course, start Nathaniel Dell. No reason to sit him whatsoever this week. Sam Brown would probably the wide, be the secondary wide receiver I would take for Houston here. And then uh, Stacey Sneed, uh, running back for Houston. Uh, if you want to just throw somebody out there, hope they fall into the end zone in a high-scoring matchup, he could be somebody that you could kind of throw out there and kind of hope for the best on. So... Oh, and then uh, Christian Trahan, if you're really desperate at tight end, I feel like could be a pretty good option here. Next up here, we talked about the, we talked about these teams earlier um, a little bit each. Washington State, Wazoo at Arizona. Wazoo, the four-point favorite here, over under of 63. Box pick a team. Who you start? Uh, give me Arizona. I, I think you start Jane Delora. <laughs> And maybe Jacob Cowie. Uh, th- this Washington State defense isn't as bad as maybe people think they might be. Uh, it's a pretty high total, and I, I, you know, I lean under on it. But I think you start Jane Delore. I think you start Jacob Cowie, and then I think you're playing with fire if you want to start Singer, Dorian Singer, and Ted McMillan. I, that's that's my initial thought. Like, if you need to start them, you can, but I would not prioritize them over players maybe in a, in a better matchup. Yeah, no, I definitely like that call. Washington State side of things. I think Cameron Ward is a decent start here. I don't necessarily think that he has like the 35-point upside that a lot of other QBs have been having with Arizona because like Mock said, 
he hasn't really been able to take advantage of the deep ball throws for Arizona. That has and like that's nothing to do with Arizona's defense. That's just if you can't throw a deep ball, you can't throw a deep ball. If you can't hit your receiver, doesn't matter what the DB does. Um, that's why I'm a re- I'm a really big fan of Nakia Watson in this matchup, which probably means he's going to like earn like six fantasy points because that's just how these things work. Um, and then if I had to start a wide receiver for Washington State, uh, stripling probably again. It's been a up and down season for a lot of the Washington State wide receivers, so I'm not super confident in any of them. Last game, we're going to hit real quick another G5 representation here. Louisiana Tech going up against Charlotte. Mox, pick a team, and let me know who you're going with. Uh, give me Charlotte. I think you could start most of the players on this team. Uh, you know, I think Chris Reynolds is firmly, it, it, well, in the passing game, I should say. I think Chris Reynolds is firmly in as a starter. Grant DuBose is a starter. Victor Tucker is out for this game. So you don't have to worry about him being involved uh, as much. So I think Grant DuBose and Elijah Spencer could definitely eat here. I think Shadrick Bird is an interesting option at running back. I don't necessarily know if I want to start him, but if you're, again, if you're desperate, type of guy that you, I think you can lean on because Louisiana Tech's defense is awful in really both phases of the game. Yeah. Louisiana Tech side of things. Uh, Marquise Crosby, the freshman running back they got there. First of all, a great pickup, I think, for Dynasty if you haven't already. Definitely go check to see if he's available. Not a lot of people are paying attention to Louisiana Tech. So Yeah, he's, he's, been, good, he's been awesome. He's been awesome so far this year. So again, like, he, But he's kind of been flying under the radar for a lot of people, so go check him out, definitely. I think both of the Harrises are worth starts here. I mean, Trey Harris, again, he's been the touchdown machine, so probably a little bit safer with him. Definitely been the deep threat a bit more. I would start him. Smoke Harris definitely gets enough targets that I think he's a worthy start. Uh, and then Herb, uh, excuse me, Eber, uh, the tight end wide receiver hybrid they got going on there. If you can fit him into your tight end slot, I think that is perfectly fine right there. And then McNeil has been uh, had a had himself some pretty good games recently uh, over the last two games, or not against Rice. Obviously, he uh, got injured, I believe, in that game, but he came back against MTSU. 285 yards, three touchdowns. I think he could put up a similar performance this week against an awful, awful Charlotte defense. So that is our show. Again, we had to go real quick there at the end because I lost track of time. and We were discussing those sit starts for way too long, but I really hope you appreciate that kind of show, y'all. Again, really good luck to all of you in your matchups. Mox, really appreciate you coming on here. I know you're a busy man. I know you're missing your matching right now. Uh, you probably missed the fact that... Uh, Carson Seal and Curtis Rourke are both out for the rest of the game. Uh, it is it, it's bloody out there, man. Uh, again, it's really always bloody. Really appreciate all you guys tuning in and listening. Make sure you check us out next week when we come back and recap the first week of the playoffs, and we tell you about the next week for championship week. It's already here, y'all. Really appreciate you guys, and you guys have a wonderful and blessed day. See y'all. <laughs>